0: Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Look, let's be real. I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joker! (laughs) Look, listen, let's talk sales. Let's talk about the funny stuff in the industry. Let's talk to the best in the industry. Let's ask them some stuff, see what makes them tick. How they got to where they are. On today's podcast, I have the great privilege to talk and converse with the greatest of all time, the GOAT, if you will, of the pest control industry, shattering an industry record, not only in sales, but serviced accounts. To top it off, he did it at a higher contract value. Guys and gals, this is something that you're going to want to listen to. Yes, we talk about sales, but more importantly, we talk about something that is super important, which is mental toughness and being able to control what you can control. So, if you're driving right now, listen to it and go back later and take some notes. If you're not driving, take out pen and paper, pull out your notes section on your phone, and be ready to take some notes because it is my great pleasure to introduce to you guys Josh is Always keep one up on I'm too clever I will never have a same as I never Cuz I been on a road a road I Quit acting like you have been with me this whole time Cuz I been on a road a road I Quit acting like you have been with me this whole time All right dope Well Josh we thank you for being on the No soliciting Experience um, why don't you start by telling the uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are?
1: Okay, so uh, my name is Josh Zaniga, and uh, I am business partners um, at uh, UrbanX Pest Control. Been in the pest control industry. This will be my eighth year now. Um, I started in, in pest control just like a lot of people did. You know, was a poor college student and wanted to be independent. But um, what's unique about me is that I had slightly better average, better than average results for the first like six years of my selling career. And then I just kind of went off the wall and serviced 1,500 accounts this last year. And so I ended up selling this last year than all my other years combined. And so um, that's kind of what I'm known for right now It's okay. breaking breaking that all-time, all-time revenue and all-time sales record
0: for pest control. Okay. So to put it into perspective, you did slightly better than most first year reps, right? How much did you service your first year?
1: Actually, my very first year was extremely average. Okay. So it was only, I only serviced like around 120 something, 125 accounts.
0: Okay. 125, my bad. And then the year after that?
1: Um, it was around like two twenty, two fifty.
0: Okay, so for those who who don't sell past um, anything for a first year rep, anything above like one ten is you know pretty decent. Them them actually working to do it, and you go two hundred, you work your way up to I think three hundred. Right, was the year before you hit fifteen.
1: Um, so the year before I hit fifteen hundred, I actually only sold ninety nine accounts, just because I wasn't completely on the doors. Okay. Like I, I, there was a lot of administrative things that I couldn't get away from as, as like a, as like a owner in the company. But, okay. um, so after, after I, after my second year, um, my third year, I sold around like 350.
0: Okay. Which and is- then
1: once I, which would, that, that was with a company called Altera, it's known as Active now. Mm-hmm. But um, then I went off and opened up Urban X with my business partner. And, um, then I sold around like the mid, the mid two hundreds up until this last year where I just did 99 or no, the, the year previous where I did 99 okay. and then I sold 1500 accounts.
0: So you sold 1500 accounts service, 1500 accounts while yep. still being an owner of the company and doing administrative stuff. Correct. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I was, I'm really lucky in the sense that, um, I have a really, really good team of people around me. and so delegation is key.
0: Yeah
1: there's a lot there's a lot of it that I was able to delegate to people that I trust. Um, so I was just really lucky I was able to be on the doors for the vast majority of the time. I would say that over this last year, there was about a maybe like a month and a half of time where I wasn't knocking just because I couldn't get away from administrative duties. Okay. But the vast majority of, of that time, I was able to be on the doors simply because I had a good team around me.
0: Yeah. Okay. So for all you team leaders, all you owners, there is a way to do it. You just got to prioritize and learn how to set your time apart, right? Um, yeah. Now, a while ago, I know you mentioned during your off season, you did uh, something called 75 hard, right?
1: Yes. So you started I hadn't heard about 75 hard until after I'd already started selling.
0: Okay. But
1: what I was doing was almost exactly like 75 hard. Okay. So for me, this last, uh, this last off season, I, I just kind of treated it like, like the training grounds, like mental training grounds, you know, okay. where I was preparing, I spent that whole off season preparing for, for it, I guess. But that being said, my whole like mental transformation, it didn't really begin with sales in mind. I was simply fat and out of shape and I wasn't happy. Yeah. Okay. So I got a, got a plan from a physical trainer and then I prepaid for three months worth of food at a meal prep place. So I, I couldn't cheat, you know, okay. but, um, I would work out, I would lift for 45 minutes a day and then do cardio for 45 minutes a day, six days a week. And then, uh, I did other things, like I would read for, like, 30 minutes every day. And the majority of these things I was doing in the morning, so I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning to do
0: them. Okay. So, yeah. you were, it, it started off more as a physical thing to get you more basically in shape. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm at that point right now where I'm heavy, heavy overweight. Um, and it's one of those things that you just got to do more of a mental thing, but it's also a physical thing. What, what I caught there is that you prepaid for three months of meals. That is huge. At least for me, that's, that's where I fail is the food. So by you doing that, it just shows how invested you are into making that change. Just not, not.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I forced myself into a, into a position where I couldn't back out of it. So, okay. cause like, honestly, I wasn't rolling in money at the time, yeah. so um, I put myself because the food was good. Like, I just put myself in a position where I couldn't afford to cheat
0: essentially. Yeah. Okay. So it's just, yeah. it's just controlling all those little things and you knew that food would be one of those things, right? One, one of the things that um, throughout my study of mental toughness and mental conditioning is controlling the little things, controlling everything you, you can control because if you can control those then you're going to be way better off which is what you talk about a lot controlling those little things I'm not sure if, if at that point you knew that that's what you were doing but looking back at it now how much more did that did that catapult you to being where you are right now
1: if I hadn't done it there's no way I would have ever done what I did <clears throat> for me I never believed that I had the self-discipline to lose weight and I and I knew deep down that I was capable of way more, selling way more than I'd ever sold, but I just didn't believe that I had the self-discipline to do it. You know, for me, it wasn't really about sales ability. It was just about work ethic. How long was I willing to push myself and how hard was I willing to do it, you know? So doing those things and learning that if I can simply control, can control the things that are in my control, if I can do those things, then I can create predictable success and
0: I can, I can be successful. Okay, Predictable success, dude. I, I, I freaking love that. Um, So you talked about you had a little bit of disbelief, right? Once you started doing this, obviously belief started coming little by little. It wasn't like you go to the gym once, you have a good workout, and like, oh, you know, I'm stoked. Like I'm ready to sell 1500 or be, you know, super skinny or in shape, right?
1: Yeah, really, it wasn't like that at all.
0: It was just consistently putting in the same the same effort every day, every day. But you talk about giving your one hundred percent, right? At that time, your hundred percent is now your your current twenty twenty five percent. Let's just say that, right? Um, Yeah. How how I won't say how quick. How soon did you start seeing your hundred percent going up and up and up?
1: Um. So. That's a good question. When it comes to sales, it's a different, it's a different answer when it comes to fitness versus with sales. Mm-hmm. So with sales, um, I would say that the results from giving a hundred percent, like I was giving a hundred percent the entire time. My effort level didn't change much from me selling seven in a day versus selling, 28 in a day. It's just the results from giving that 100% begin to compound and get better and better. But um, once I really believed that I was able to sell seven every single day, regardless of what was surrounding me, um, and once I knew that it was just a matter of me putting in the work each day and that would be the result, that's when things started to get kind of crazy. And that probably took me about like three weeks, three three weeks for me to really internalize that—that that this is going down. Like okay. I knew that I was from the very beginning. I wanted to sell a thousand accounts, um, and I knew that to reach that goal, I would only need to sell five a day over the course of March through mid-October. My my whole thing was I just wanted to see how hard I could send it during those months, from that time frame, or in between that time frame. So I knew I was gonna be there during that entire time um, but uh, I would say like the first three weeks once daylight savings times kicked over yeah. and I had that extra yeah. hour things started to get a little bit crazier because the days that I was selling six and seven started to turn into eight nine ten and then I got to the point where I was selling ten pretty much every other day and then selling more than ten most days and um That's the thing. It's, it's so, it's hard for people to grasp this, but that the effort level didn't change my, I was pushing just as hard when it was below freezing and I was knocking and I only sold two in in a day. Mm -hmm. It took the same amount of effort to sell two sales in one day below freezing as it did to sell 28 in a day in the middle of the summer. The effort level doesn't change, but the results do the longer you give a hundred percent, the better those results are going to be from giving it. Okay. But, Dude. but you have to put in the work beforehand. It doesn't compound overnight. It compounds slowly and slowly and slowly until crazy things start happening.
0: Okay. Dude, I freaking love that. Oh my gosh. Um, if I could drop a bomb, I would drop a bomb right there. So we're, we're talking about compounding, compounding success, right? We're in March, right? We're getting up to the point where, you know, most people go out and they sell for the summer. What would you recommend for somebody to start doing right now? If they want to, if, if they want to reach their goals this summer, it, it has to start now, right? Yeah. What, what would you recommend them doing or starting right now?
1: I would I would advise them to have like a sales goal in mind, but when it comes to knocking on the doors, you, you have to remember what's in your control versus what's not in your control. Mm -hmm. So what's not in your control, you can't control how many sales you make in a day. You can't even control how many people you speak to in a day. You can, the only things that are in your control are your attitude, how many doors you knock, in the effort level that you bring into each door. Okay. So those are the three things. And if they can control those things and focus exclusively on that, the numbers will take care of themselves. So the advice I would give now is preparing your mind to accept that. I don't know. I just think our, I think our industry puts way too much emphasis on daily number goals. I think that we're focused on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. So The other thing I would add is like, once you have your pitch dialed in, you'll know, you'll figure out what your closing ratio is. And you can use that metric as a, as like something that's quantifiable to see if you're dialed in and if things are working correctly, because once it's, once it's there, once you know what your closing ratio is, regardless of where you're knocking, as long as the people can afford it, it should remain fairly constant. It doesn't matter if it's gated neighborhood, if it's ultra rich, if it's middle class, um, if it's old people, if it's old neighborhoods, if it's new neighborhoods, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is your effort level, your closing ratio, how many people you spoke to. Those, those are the only things that matter. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really scary thing to go out and test in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And it's what I did this month, like the month of, during the month of March, because I was selling last year, this time, this time or okay. this time last year. But, um, Focus. Make sure that you're focusing on the right things, which is controlling the controllables. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I love that. So basically, control what you can control. Everything just falls on you. Just focus on the right things. Now, recently, you also on on your Instagram because I, I follow you very I wouldn't say religiously, but I I always I always pay attention to what you post because there's always something that I Thanks, can learn. Man. Um, recently you posted about your outside influences, right? And it came down to three people. You put down Jesus Christ, uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Wim Hof, right? Now, yep. why, why? And,
1: and David, and David Goggins.
0: And David Goggins. I forgot about that. Okay. David Goggins is the fourth. Why, why
1: all four? Um, I think so when it comes to Christ, I just think that he's a good example in all yeah. things. You know, um, Wim Hof, because I discovered him years ago, um, actually the same year that I opened up urban X and just his breathing exercises made a huge difference when it came to me dealing with anxiety Mm -hmm. because that anxiety in the doors, it's real. And and you just have to accept that it'll never go away. Mm -hmm. You know, at least for me, it never, it never went away. So I just. Like doing the breathing exercises and just learning more about Wim Hof and his ideology, it just kind of helps you deal with those kind of things and accept that although it's net although those things are never gonna go away, your emotions don't necessarily have to dictate what you can what you do. You know, you don't have to let that factor into you controlling the things within your control. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. And then David David Goggins. Um, just because, to me, he personifies—he—he he personifies what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be this last year. Mm-hmm. I struggled mentally. I wasn't super tough, man. I wasn't super tough, and I hardened my mind. And me selling fifteen hundred accounts was the result of that. And the other thing I like about David Goggins is that his mantra is "stay hard." Mm-hmm. Once you do something great, it's so easy to rest on your laurels. Like for me with the 1500 accounts, it'd be so easy for me to just sit back and be like, yep, I did that. But it's a completely other thing to stay hard. Once you've learned how to harden your mind, because I can never look back and be like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm now aware of what I'm capable of and I can never go backwards now. Okay. You know? So for me, David Goggins was just super eye-opening and then theodore roosevelt just because for me he's just a personal hero yeah. and he embodies yeah. he embodies what i like think masculinity should be like and he's just a man's man i just think he's cool yeah. he's my favorite us yeah. president
0: okay i like that i actually did some research on on uh, teddy roosevelt oh, yeah he's just a stand up dude like based on his legacy that i read everybody loved the guy he was just a super mm-hmm. good guy was loved was loved in every, by a lot of people, right? Um, one of the things that you touched on that I, I want to um, kind of echo a little bit is the fact that you still get anxiety on the doors, right? So everybody listening to this, the goat of pest control still gets anxiety on the doors. Everyone is going to get it. You just use Wim Hof's breathing technique to help you overcome that, right? Because all, yeah, all it, it is... Helps. All it is is just emotions. Your, your emotions are, are trying to get the better of you because it's, it's something hard, right? Knocking doors, it's hard. Your, your body goes into this defense mechanism or this, yeah, it, it's this defense mechanism is where you come up with any excuse not to do it. Sit at a park, go to a 7 do anything besides knocking. Just, you know, it's, it's as simple as taking a few deep breaths and going back out to work. I love that.
1: So, the one thing I want to add to that is that when it comes to emotions, sometimes it's really hard to control them.
0: Yes, it is.
1: You know, and when it came when it comes to anxiety, sometimes you can't control it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But emotions and attitude in my opinion are two different things. Yeah. You know, emotions are the chemical ba- balances or the chemical things that are going on in your in your brain, and your mm-hmm. attitude is how you decide to is how is how you decide to look at it. Yeah. You know. How you decide to look at the world and the things that are going around around going on around you. Yeah. and so when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to door knocking, especially this last year, I just knew that door knocking isn't always fun, but it doesn't have to suck. It just depends on how you it just depends on how you're formulating it or how you're dealing with it in your mind. It depends on the attitude that you go into it with. For me, I view door-to-door sales and my business in general as a vehicle, a vehicle for me to chase after that best version of myself. And especially with door-to-door sales, it's like the perfect, it's the perfect little environment that we can use to either quit or like beat, beat that, um, that quitting mentality in our minds, you know? It's the, perfect, it's the perfect little environment in which we can choose to harden ourselves each day and choose to win or lose, you know? Yeah. Because we're facing those kind of decisions all the time, especially in sales.
0: Yeah. it's true. Those decisions, those choices, just choose the ones that you ultimately, like you said, it's choosing what will help you compound more and more success, right? Controlling those, those, those controllable things, right? Um, one of the things that, um, I want to go into is, where did you go? Okay. So guys, just to kind of give you, um, in just kind of how I think, right. I, I heard of Josh last year in June, maybe July. And I heard that he wanted to break 1500 pest control. Account. I was like, dude, that's freaking dope. I go follow him on Instagram and I mean, lo and behold, I find out, that you're just normal dude, right? There's there's and this this is this is one of the things that I love. And you actually talked about this on, on a different podcast, right? Anybody can do it, right? There are some really interesting people in this industry that do and that have sold crazy amounts. Not gonna name them, but they are if they can do it, guys, anybody can do it. And that's that's actually one of the things that I love because you posted your pitch recently. And um, the first thing you open up with is it, it smells like bacon in there, right? Because they 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 were cooking bacon in there, correct? So, can you hear me? Oh, hold on.
1: Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, sorry, sorry. I I accidentally pushed the mute button.
0: No worries, all good. Um, so, um, they, but yeah, I I could hear you. Okay, dope. So they, they so in your pitch, right? It was – it wasn't really anything like you weren't using any crazy sales tactics what i saw in there is that you were relating to them like crazy right mm-hmm. they had a dog similar to your dog and then you just built that relationship with them what what surprised me is how quick you were able to do that so guys it's it's as simple as just making yourself stand out and one one of the one of the phrases that Comes to my mind when I think of Josh Duniga as being uncommon in an industry full of unfortunately super common people, right? For lack of better mm-hmm. words, you're you're not basic.
1: Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> dude, there are a lot of basic people here, though. They for sure are.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that's that's really what it is. I mean, it's because you're you're out of Provo, just that you know, Provo is Provo, Orm area, um, dude. What what do you do to make yourself stand apart?
1: I think that for me, man, when it comes to, when it comes to selling over a thousand accounts, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that like to pretend like they have the secret, the -hmm. secret pitch, or that there's something super unique about their company or their company's training. And honestly, man, none of it's unique. None of it's unique. We all say extremely similar stuff like 98% of the the meat of my pitch is pretty similar to everybody else's. And so for me what makes me unique I think is that my mantra is is that you can do it too. I'm not trying to pretend like I'm I'm not trying to pretend like 1500 accounts isn't doable yeah. and that yeah. I'm and that like what I've done is untouchable. Somebody will break the record and honestly I think somebody will try this year mm-hmm. this next this this year. But um, I just want to demystify a thousand accounts. If, yeah. I could, if people could look at me like 10, 20 years from now, and if they think of me, I'd like to be thought of as the guy who broke a four-minute mile Yeah. and helped more people realize that they could do it than anybody else, Yeah. you know? I don't, uh, I don't believe that there is a record-breaking pitch Mm -hmm. I think that there's only record-breaking mindsets and a mindset is something that you can build and develop.
0: Okay. There you go guys. Ooh, that is profound. I love that. So apart from being uncommon, you obviously have to have some daily motivation, right? Um, what I love seeing is you posted every single account that was service and there was always a song, right? So music, I take it was part of your motivation, part of your, kind of like your 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 little pick me up throughout the day, right? What yeah what was your go to song during during the summer?
1: It changed. Um I would say the very beginning when it was still freezing cold um I listened to a lot of the weekend. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then towards the middle and the end I listened to a lot of post Malone.
0: Oh I love post Malone. Yeah.
1: Post Malone's, like, new album came out right as I was selling my last 300, 400 accounts. Uh-huh. And there was a lot of really good ones.
0: Okay. If, yeah. if if you can describe your summer in one song, what's what song would that be?
1: Hmm. That's a really hard one. I would probably say On the Road. On the Road? By Post Malone. Okay. About, like, not folding under pressure.
0: Yeah. Dude, that's actually a super good song. Oh, my God. Yeah. Freaking Post Malone, man. I love that guy. Um, okay, I,
1: I think that I was pretty lucky in the sense that I think that most people were rooting for me. But I'm sure that there they were people that weren't. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just glad I did it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna yep. hate. So along, actually, speaking of haters, you recently posted that... Just to kind of, again, you, we just talked about this a few seconds ago that you want people to break the thousand, right? You know that people are going to try and break your records, right? But part of that is you said, and well, one, you have the all-time record and with a high contract value, right? I mean, it's one thing I can go out like in my neighborhood in in California and I can sling 350, 370, you know, contract values all day, right? But you took so guys, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Oh, I can do it, word from Josh Uniga, you gotta do it, but you gotta keep a high contract value. Why do you think that's so important for anybody who's trying to break your record?
1: So um because I think there's a lot of reasons, but I think ultimately when it comes down, if you want to be the GOAT and known for being the best then when it comes to the industry, you have to raise the bar. Yeah. You have to be, you have to be a bar raiser. You can't lower the standard. Yeah. Okay. And when it comes to contract values and this might ruffle some feathers Mm -hmm. for certain companies, Yeah. but sub 500 contracts are stupid. They don't need to be done anymore. And there's no, there's absolutely no reason why people should be doing sub 500 contracts. And honestly, 600 plus should be what's done now. Mm-hmm. Like when it, when it, when it comes to like a, a guy this last year sold a thousand accounts, he actually, I think he serviced 1200 accounts with a 600 contract, 600 plus contract value, oh, which is insane. That's yeah, good. it's insane. And we should all be cheering for that. Yeah. And cause it yeah. helps, it helps all of us. It helps the entire industry. And so when it comes to companies that chase, chase their like, they, they just want to sling as many as they can. Dude, like if, pardon my French, but if you sell 89, like 89 quarterlies and with a, with a free initial, you're a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just have zero respect. I have yeah. zero respect yeah. for it. And um, that'll ruffle some feathers, but it's time to raise the bar. Yes. If somebody yes. wants to sell zero and 89 a quarter, then they're going to have to sell like 2000 plus yeah. to match yeah. what what I did like revenue wise.
0: Yeah, guys, this is super important because I, I, I want to touch on this. You are doing yourself a disservice and you're doing your company a who you're representing a disservice, right? So I just ran the numbers on the 1200 accounts at, um, 600 contract value. That's over $720,000 in revenue for your company, right? What that does is it brings opportunity to not only make, you know, their service is better, but it makes you a better person, right? You go home because obviously you get paid for your services for selling these contracts, right? But now your company has the opportunity. They have more revenue. That means they can invest back into their own company, make their service that much better, right? As a business standpoint, I I agree with you. Anything under 500, shouldn't be done, right? The other
1: thing when it it comes to um, records, so there's a lot of talk. Yeah, and there is a lot of like, I don't know, I don't know how much of it's true. Um, I don't really put a whole lot of stock into it myself. But mm-hmm. when it comes to records, things like one-time services don't count. Oh no! And if the sale, oh, no. if the sale that you made isn't in contract, if it's not a contract, if it's not a signed contract, it doesn't count. So like, you can't just put not a contract in like the, like an asterisk, you know, on the agreement and expect that to count towards your, towards your goal of beating 1500 accounts. All my accounts were legit. Yeah. I own the business. Yeah. So there's no reason for me to do it any other way. Yeah, And yeah. when it comes to selling a thousand accounts, there are some people and I won't name names, but there are some people that kind of cheat, you know, like they take advantage or they have special permissions to sell their contracts lower than others can. Mm-hmm. Or they'll do one-time services, or you know, and, and there's there's some like some people who get upset about being able to sell additional services, but typically the only people that get upset about that are the ones who don't, yeah, the ones who don't sell yeah. additional services, and usually those are the the same ones that are complaining about it are the same ones that have a sub five hundred contract value. So if there are two separate agreements that are signed and they're both above 500 dollars. I think it, I think the industry should look forward, look, be happy about it. Yeah. You know?
0: Okay. So you met, you you touched on something and it's crazy how it keeps coming back. It's it's all coming back to the same thing. How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? These people who are looking, you know, just to kind of boost their numbers, looking to cheat their way to, you know, breaking that record.
1: And there is a massive difference between sold and serviced. Yes. A huge difference, a huge freaking difference. Nobody cares how many you sold. Okay. No one cares. It's all that matters at the end of the day is the service number Mm -hmm. and the amount of revenue that you brought in. Okay. And ultimately revenue is way more important than numbers sold. Oh, heck yeah. So because I don't know, like 1500 at three, at 400 at 400 contract value doesn't mean a whole lot, you know?
0: You're absolutely right, absolutely right. Guys, it comes down to the very simple things, controlling what you can control. If you try and cheat your workout, if you try and cheat your meals, it's gonna lead to you, I'm not saying it, it'll probably, but it's more likely to happen to cheating some accounts, right? If you really wanna do it, here's, here's what I'm getting at, guys. Josh, back, back to the phrase, uncommon amongst a lot of common people. You did everything. You did everything you were supposed to do and more. You compound just as, just as you compound positivity, you compound negativity. It just depends on which one you want to, which one you want to fuel more. Right. If you want that, if, if you want that lasting success, right. Then do the hard things, stay hard. If, if, and, and this goes to anybody who's looking trying to break the record. if you're gonna try and break that record, you heard it. Contract values, revenue, right? full contracts don't 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 try and cheat it because ultimately you're not fooling anybody.
1: No because people 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 will tell. yeah people people will rat you out
0: <laughs> especially like if you cheated in this people industry. will find <laughs> out about
1: it. Dude, Dude, especially, especially in this, in this industry. industry.
0: Dude, for, for an industry, predominantly males, there is so much gossip that goes around, man. Oh my gosh. Because that's, yep, that's, stress. True. that's what it comes down to. Do what you said you're going to do, and if you did it, make sure you actually did it, because we're going to find out. Yeah. And if we find out, there's a likelihood of it going on my stories, and everybody who follows my page will see it.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: So yeah. Dude, this is freaking awesome, man. So Oh gosh, dude. I've, I've, okay, I am looking forward to editing this so I can take down all, all these notes. Because this, guys, if, if you haven't been taking notes, go back, start it over, and take notes because this this is literal gold. All right, Josh, I don't want to take too much of your time. Um, so, I'm going to end with one last question. Yeah. What's the one last? Thing? Let, me, let, me, let me think about how to word it.
1: The last question should be, who has the best door-to-door soliciting meme page? Oh, dude, that's a given,
0: man. (laughs) No soliciting,
1: bruh. That's the page right there.
0: That is a given. All right, guys, you heard it here. The dopest memes on the interwebs is at my page, so go follow it. Yeah, man. (laughs) Dope. Um, But, all right, Josh. Actually, I'm I'm just going to leave this open to you. If there's anything you want to say to the people,
1: go ahead and say it. Okay. I would say that as long as you can maintain control of what's in your control, you'll find success. That's that's success in its purest form, being able to control what's in your control. And the more you can realize to let the other things slide and control what's in your control, the better off you'll be, you know? And when it comes to door to door sales, if you want to break the record it's just about who can control what's in their control the longest you know so just use door to door sales as an as a, a vehicle to becoming your best person if you're doing it just for money it'll only get you so far you know you have to find a deeper why a deeper reason and for me i just wanted to see what i was made out of i wanted to i wanted to see how hard i could push myself but it's it's possible you can do it too. All
0: right. Guys, you heard it from the goat. And I'm just gonna give my opinion. I think he's I think he's gonna be the goat for a while. The all time goat of pest control for a while. So you heard it here first. Thank you, Josh, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for taking time out of your day. I I appreciate it and I feel like I, I learned a ton. Thanks, man. Dope. Awesome, brother. Well, we'll see you guys. Alright, guys, I hope you guys took a lot of notes. Go back, re-listen to it, take some more notes. And I guess until next time. Cause they ain't never seen me fall under pressure. They ain't never ever seen me fall, I never always keep one up on 'em, 'cause I'm too clever. I will never ever sell my soul, I nah, never. Cause I've been on a of-